On today's show, you may not have seen the hot new Netflix limited series, Queen's Gambit, but even if you haven't, I'm fairly certain that you've heard everybody around you talking about it. What can we learn about advertising, persuasion, and more from the popular show? Jason Harris, head of ad agency Mechanism and the author of The Soulful Art of Persuasion, joins us to collaborate again on this episode of Money with Friends. Welcome back to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from Texarkana, Texas, and my mom's half-finished basement where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. And I am Jason Harris. Coming to you from? Uh, uh, I always forget that part, Joe. <laughs> coming to you from an empty office in Soho, New York City. Is it better when it's empty, Jason, or do you prefer the hum? No, I love when people are here. Yeah. 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 I, it's, I got ener- it's got energy. Yeah, the but, collab, but, the collaborative nature. I bet that's right. But right now, it's me. Uh, there's two other people working here, and then next to me are my two kids. They have their own office now because no one's here, and they're doing uh, work from office uh, zooms all day. They're taking over that's the place. What's happening? They are. They yeah, because my apartment in Tribeca is too is too small to have all of us on calls and zooms all day. I can't imagine. Hey, this yeah. is the podcast, everybody, where we cover recent stories ripped from the financial press. Today, we're collaborating with Jason on one uh, from Quartz. And not only do we read part of them like some podcasts, we're going to dive into how this affects your wallet and what you can do to invest, save, or pay down debt more effectively. And if that's not enough, Jason and I are going to have a big idea that you can take with you the rest of the day. As we just mentioned, Jason Harris back again. We still haven't scared him away, no matter how hard we try. Glad to have you back, man. I'm not scared. I love it. (laughs) Hey, uh, when you were writing The Soulful Art of Persuasion, did you ever think that collaborating with movies, like, you know, usually the product placement movies is horrible. And I don't know if on, in the Queen's Gambit, they were thinking about product placement, but this piece from Quartz talks about chessboards selling like crazy now, right? Uh, when you think about persuading people, do you think about product placement? You know, we typically, that's not something we typically uh, dabble in at mechanism. Uh, but it is, it is something like in my career, I'm familiar with it. I, before mechanism, I had a production company called plan C and the idea behind that production company was to create uh, TV shows that were by brands that would then run on networks. So the brand would pay for the production of it. It would run on a network and the network would sell ads against it. So they would get a free piece of content without having to invest in the production dollars and then sell ads against it. But the hour long show would be a branded show. So I did, uh, for example, we did a show for Adidas that was showing basketball players uh, going from high school straight into the NBA. And it sort of was a documentary style and the director of, um, MTV True Life filmed it, but it was a there was Adidas placement all over, and it was called Adidas Superstars. And it was actually when you bought a pair of basketball shoes at a Foot Locker, you would get, also get the show, and it ran on Fox Sports. So I I dabbled in it in my career, and I thought it was sort of product placement was the next big thing, um, but then it all turned into digital advertising. So I quickly uh, swapped, changed courses. But in those days, when I was when I was starting out, I would I would I would talk to Adidas and say, I have 
a network that will run it. And I would tell the network, I have a brand that will film it and basically getting them both. To, yeah. It's not the, it's not the most honest way. I would never do something <laughs> like that today, but I was young and scrappy and just trying to build a business and I'd get each of them to say yes, because they thought the other person was on board and then, uh, you know, did it for Adidas and Xbox and Levi's did a bunch of shows. And it was, it was really, um, really a fun ride for a little bit. But there's no way when it comes to Queen's Gambit, and I assume that you've seen this series, Jason, but um, there's no way. So this series, by the way, is about a young uh, woman rising in the ranks of the chess world. And because of that, chessboard sales have been through the roof. I'm about halfway through it myself. Uh, fantastic series. Everybody is talking about it. It's all I hear people talking about. I mean, at least two, three times a day. But there's no way here that chessboard salespeople got together and said, you know what we need? <laughs> you know what would really do it? If we, if, if, if we get on Netflix, I think yeah. finally these boards are going to fly off the shelf. I don't, are there chessboard salespeople? Like, is that's all they sell? I don't they know. Could, sell other things. could you imagine how low those margins would be? That'd yeah, be, it's, oh. it's pretty low. Yeah. So um, I watched, that's why I thought this article was really appealing because I watched the show and, and I couldn't stop watching it. And, uh, you know, it shows Beth Harmon as an orphan and she's a chess prodigy and it shows her uh, story trying to become the best chess player in the world. And I think it's, it's particularly engaging because it's a female uh, protagonist in a male dominated world because it was during the 50s and 60s and uh, shows shows her rise. But I think as it pertains to branded content, if you will, you know, chess, it's gone up a thousand percent from last year and everyone's talking about chess. And the timing is perfect because we're talking about it during a quarantine when you're at home all the time. And what what better? I mean, they couldn't have timed it better. What better if those chess salesmen timed it themselves? They they would wait for a pandemic. They said even they chess <laughs> apps, Jason. To your point, chess <laughs> apps are you know online yeah. are, are are going crazy. Yeah, chess chess apps and uh, yeah, chess.com, I guess it has an iPhone app that's that's exploding. And uh, this is an example of not paid placement and just happenstance. And now chess is is taking over, and I'm sure they're now the uh, the arbiters of chess are trying to figure out how to capitalize on it and keep keep the keep the flames going. Well, that's what I was thinking about as as I read this. Um, I was I was thinking about how this applies to the average person listening, and I think in in investing there is there's a phrase you know about not going against the Fed. There's another phrase about you know don't fight the Fed. There's another phrase about momentum plays about how when the stock market's going up, don't bet against it. Like this idea of momentum, it seems like to, to get where you want to go, kind of get in the feeling, the zeitgeist of where we're at right then and try to position yourself. Like if we're talking about a career, position yourself in the middle of that. Cause like it even says in the piece and you said earlier, would this movie have been as big if we didn't feel so much, um, so much for the loneliness that this woman feels and, and her stepmom at the beginning of it feels, I mean, the fact that she's an orphan to some degree, I think, and this is a great first world problem to have, even if we're just cooped up in our house, right? We feel a little bit like separated from each other. Yeah. 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 Separated and distant and lonely. And I think it did tap into 
uh, what we're going through. And now it's the most popular miniseries. And I, I, I'm sure the, you know, I think the, the question, you know, discussion that's good for around this from a marketing perspective is, you know, how does net, which you touched on in the article, how does Netflix see this and realize, okay, well, we're not making, we're, we're not making money. We have 200 million subscribers globally, which is great. We make money that way, but we're not capitalizing on the popularity of this and the increase in the chess industry overall that we had such a big hand in. We're not monetizing that. So I'm wondering if they're thinking for other series are, you know, how do they get, they don't do traditional advertising. How do they get, what is the Netflix play to get brands paying Netflix? I don't, know, that, that's where my head goes. Yeah, but that makes me groan. Even when they say uh, in this piece, they say that some of the some of the places where this might go is in the future. I can pa- maybe pause my Netflix show, and I can go down to Hey, Netflix recommends these chessboards, right? Or or notice in this yeah. scene, Beth Harmon is playing on this particular chessboard. You could buy it too, right here. Do I really do I want that? No, I think I think you pay Netflix not to have to have good content, but not to also interrupt it with advertising. But I, you know, my mind goes towards, you know, do you, uh, does, does motel six sponsor Schitt's Creek, you know, does, uh, you know, does, does, uh, John Varvatos or all saints or one of those brands sponsor Peaky Blinders, uh, (laughs) you know, like, because they they have those, the, the, you know, clothes that are, you know, post-apocalyptic type looking clothes. Like do, do, how do you, how do you solicit brands and make it natural to the content without saying, no, you can buy the clothes you saw on this show here, or maybe it's an off screen, you know, website that is just, you know, netflix.com slash stuff. And that's, that's the place where you can go and, and explore stuff that you see in the show. So it's not interrupting your experience, but you have a choice to go there. So I'm sure net the executives or Netflix are like frothing or foaming at the mouth to figure out how to, how to, because of the queen's gambit, how do they capitalize on, on monetizing it but, without, but- without, pissing off their 200 million subscribers. Well, see, and it's funny because I actually think about the other side of that, not not Netflix, but when Netflix hits it hard and I'm somebody who's in any related industry, is there a way for me even though I wasn't involved to capitalize on, on this. Cause you know, like you said, chessboard salespeople, uh, th- there's crap loads of chessboards out there. Like how do I draw people to my chessboards and take advantage of now? I mean, I'm thinking to some degree, you know, with just in time inventories and the fact that uh, the margins are so slim, these these guys already probably have a process to make just enough chessboards so they don't have a bunch of them laying around. And yeah. then Queen's Gambit comes out, Jason, they all go, oh, crap. Yeah. Like this is sitting in my lap and I don't know that I'm ready for this. Yeah. How do I up the manufacturing of chessboards? Yeah. yeah. How do I do that? It's so true. It's making me buy one. I don't know about you. Do you have a chess board at your house? No, you know what's funny is I used to play chess quite a bit. One of my favorite uh, books, by the way, on chess that I can recommend is a book by uh, Bobby Fischer, by the the, oh, yeah. the, 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 the chess uh, genius. And what I love about his book is that, and we'll use your book for people watching us uh, live, but, but, but what like you that. do is you, you, you read, they set up like on this page, they'll set up the, they'll set up um, a, a thing. And then you turn it to the next page so you can't see it. 
um, and they give you the solution. So Bobby oh, nice. says, Hey, here's a situation, solve this. What and then you, you try to solve yeah. it. Then you turn the corner. And then when you get done with his book, you actually turn it upside down and then you do the, the other side of the book upside down. So no way. that's so, amazing. Yeah. So he can always test you and he doesn't write so much as just shows you over the course of 200 pages upside up for the first half and upside down in the second, how to play better chess. And my roommate in college and I used to play all the time. And I went from him smoking me to, I just kicked his ass. No like way. Every, just because of that book? Oh, because of that book. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I used to play with my dad. My dad's really into it. And we had a, I remember we had a marble chess set at our house and I would, I would play on poor instinct and always get smoked <laughs> by my dad. So I'm going to read that book. And then when I, <laughs> next time I see him, I'm going to, I'm going to not tell him that I read it and just kill him. Finally, finally beat the old man. Yeah, that's finally what, beat the old man. Son is finally grown up. Finally, finally, exactly. finally beat dad. And then I'll say, I'll say thanks, Netflix. Yeah. Uh, well, and on that note, we went over to a friend's house to drop some stuff off and his adult son was there uh, and, and his wife and they had a, they have a chessboard in their living room that I've never seen anybody use. And the guy's son and his wife were sitting there playing chess because they just watched Queen's Gambit. So no way. That's amazing. Yeah. Same yeah. stuff. Hey, in just a second, Jason, and I are going to have our takeaways from today's discussion of really, really great series that, I, I mean, you could do a lot worse than spending some time with Queen's Gambit. Jason, what's our takeaway from today's piece? Well, my takeaway, you know, I think the, the article was about potential advertising power Netflix is a powerhouse and what they will do with it. But my, my uh, takeaway is slightly different. It deviates from the article, but my takeaway is, is, is success uh, uh, is, is partially based on timing and you can't control it. It's uh, it. And this is a great example. It's the number one uh, show on Netflix. Uh, chess has risen in popularity. You could never have predicted it, but it was a, a, sort of the confluence of people at home, right? And staying at home and this idea of chess hitting at, at the same time, uh, that sort of uh, happenstance and that timing made it uh, so popular. I don't, th I think if everyone was out and about running around and not at home looking for activities, I don't think Queen's Gambit, I think it would do well, but I don't think it would be the number one thing on Netflix that everyone's talking about. Would it be too much to say, too much conspiracy theory, Jason, to say that they 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 plan this, that they that they plan to have you know um, kind of some forward thinking, maybe back in March, April, and said, you I, know what, if this is still going on, this may be the perfect time to release a show like this. I guarantee you, they had that strategic discussion about it, and how much how much FaceTime in the interface, you know, new on Netflix how much FaceTime they gave it. I think yeah. they knew it was a great show and they knew it was the time uh, to release it. Maybe it was already slated for release, but I think they pumped it more because of the content and they knew that it was the right content for, at the right time. So my takeaway is um, you can plan, but sometimes it comes down to, to timing that you can't plan. Well, and I, 
I love that because we uh, at Stacky Benjamins, I interviewed Annie Duke, the uh, the 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 poker player. So we're going to mix metaphors. We're going to get away from chess like and talk about poker. But she talked about how you need to disassociate the result from the process, right? Like you could have something in poker players, as you know, Jason, calculate odds all the time. And you can have something that has a 95% chance that you're going to win a hand and you still lose. And she said, a big problem that people have is they associate whether they win or loss with the process instead always work on the process and then the result will take care of itself or it and won't. you can't always control it yeah, yeah that's right yeah yeah love yeah. L- love that takeaway hey uh i, I heard a rumor we've been talking What's about it a little bit there's that is my takeaway. It's riffing oh. on yours. Oh, all right. Come on. That's a, that's a suck off takeaway. You need your own takeaway, Joe. That's how we play this game. All right, man, pressure. No, my, <laughs> my takeaway originally would be, uh, would be this idea of, of not fighting what's going on around you. I often see people and, and, and frankly, to a little bit, we do this. We were having this internal discussion about our podcast yesterday about how much are we talking about what's really going on in the world and how much are we, um, wishing the world were a different place than it really is. Like, oh, where it. is that, where is that line? And I think the more you play in the real world, the way it is versus the way that you wish it were, and you accept reality the way that it is. And, you know, and I partially steal that Jack Welch, the CEO of GE uh, said that for a long time, he's like, we can wish that this were the number one or number two industry of its type, but it's not. So we're not going to do this anymore. Right. So, so figure out where to best spend your time and, um, but base it in, base it in reality. And sadly with as bad a place as we are now, this, this wonderful series, you know, um, uh, and I don't mean that it's sad that they took advantage of it, but sadly we're in such a crappy place. That it's a perfect time to talk about a game like chess that you can yeah, play it with your dad, Jason. I'm done with chess. I'm done. Well, all right. All right. <laughs> maybe we'll, maybe we'll play one day. I can get you to play again. Where does everybody get the soulful art of persuasion, Jason? Uh, I have a website, the soulful art.com soulful art.com. And then also uh, Amazon, look up the soulful art of persuasion. Boom. It'll be right there. You can get it on uh, audible, uh, paperback, hardcover, yeah. however you choose to uh, digest it. And not only a great read, as I was mentioning earlier, but uh, looks good on the shelf, which you'd expect from a guy who uh, does what you do. So Jason well, and I are back tomorrow talking about um, some more pop culture. We've got Carrie Underwood in a recent interview she gave, and we're going to talk about fear on tomorrow's show. We'll see you back here at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends, LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at Money Friends Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends.